0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball.
2: Drilled the center field deep. Back got of the seat. To the track. To the wall. It's gone.
3: Kevin Longoria with a two-run home a straightaway center, and he gives
4: the Rays a 6-4 to lead here in the ninth.
1: Coming up, we'll recap the action from this past week, take a look around Major League Baseball, and sit down for in-depth interviews with the
0: biggest names in the game. The 2-2 now. Check swing on the slider, strike three. Chris Archer jumps off the mound and bounces his way to the dugout. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Good morning. Welcome to our show. Today on the program, you'll get an inside look at Alex Cobb and his evolution with the Rays. Doug Wector of Fox Sports Sun will stop on by. We'll chat with Ryan Stanek about his first week in the major leagues and discuss the relaunch of Reading with the Rays with Evan Longoria. We continue on this week in Rays Baseball, and our featured guest this week is one Alex Cobb. Alex, you know, the way I've watched you this year, we've called it Alex Cobb 2.0. When you hear that, what does that mean to you? Because I, I honestly think, in a good way, you've really reinvented yourself.
4: Um, I think it is just a, you know, an ex- kind of a label for me uh, at the hopefully the end of the Tommy John era for for myself. You know, it's it's my final part to try to just get by, and <clears throat> um, you know, it's it's difficult because I I've had to. Um, I've had to kind of reinvent the way I pitch in a sense, um, to get by uh, until I I really iron out everything mechanically to allow me to get back to the way I used to pitch. Um, and you know, it's, it's a fine line between staying in that mode, um, trying to get outs versus when do I need to work on, um, getting back to my old self and trusting it. So it's going to be a slight overlap between those two, um, getting back to form but yeah i've been very pleased with the ability to go out there basically with two pitches and and keep my team in the ball game i think
0: you've done more than just keep your team in the game you've enabled them to win games and i think you've been a very effective pitcher to this point from a mental standpoint how much have you grown through all this and how much stronger are you
4: now than when you first came up to the big leagues um you know there's been a lot of moments throughout this uh, my career that's allowed me to to get to the point where I'm at right now, um, early on in my career, if you were to tell me that, hey, you're going to go out there and just pitch with these two pitches, I would have mentally probably been a little bit defeated before I went out there. Um, and by that, I mean, you know, timid, shy, um, just not as aggressive as uh, I need you. You need to be on the mound to, to get outs, and um, I've learned when I'm on the mound. You can get guys out with whatever you have that day. Um, it's 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 a scary process to go through early on when you're when you're standing out on the mound and you just got done with your warm up pitches and you're like, man, I've I've got nothing, you know. And you're six, eight, ten pitches in between innings that you get to warm up with. You're you're just practicing, you know. You're like, please find it, you know. And you're trying all sorts of different things. And you throw your last pitch and the catcher throws down to second base and you're just thinking. How am I going to get these three outs? Um, that was early on in the Tommy John comeback, um, and getting through those innings, uh, it, it's allowed me to when I do feel good on the mound to feel almost in, invincible. You know, it's, I, I've I've gotten outs with with way less than what I have right now. Um, you're going to have to beat me. Um, it's going to be tough to beat me this inning.
0: You know, I think what you've done also allows you to lead. By word and by example, do you think you've kind of, I don't know, if claimed the leadership role again? But the fact that you're out there and pitching again and pitching as well as you have allows you to have
4: more clout. Um, I think whenever you have success, your your words have a little more weight to them. But this group that we have, um, they've all had enough success in their own way to really know how to take care of their own business on the field. Um, you know, unfortunately, we. We weren't able to, to help Snell out as much as you know we would like to have um, in the, the period of time before he got sent down. But um, even even with him in, in the final weeks before he got sent down, the, the amount of growth that I feel like I saw in him and his ability to understand what it takes to be a big leaguer, um, it's there now um, It as way more than it was last year when I was watching him come up. Even though he had more success last year, um, the the struggles that he went through this year, uh, he it's going to be good for him because he's realized that there's there's a lot more to becoming a big leaguer. And you know if he if he found that out by watching myself or Arch or Odo go about their business, um, you know, or just talking to us in between innings and in, in, in the dugout you know, we we'll, we we'll, are happy with that. But, um, I think at the end of the day, as long as you can, you can, you hear people saying that they appreciate the way you go about your business and, um, that you do things the right way, then you're proud of that. But, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say that there's one guy on our staff or one guy on our team that, that solely holds that, that leadership or that, um, you know, the, that ace or whatever the, label that wants to be placed on certain individuals I I don't think that exists in our clubhouse it's um, certain guys relate to different guys um, better ways since you're still one of the more veteran players on this team though at least from a raise standpoint who was the best leader you've been around man we've had a lot of good ones Um, I've taken different parts of games from different players Uh, I feel like I learned being a, a good teammate how valuable that is from price Matty moe um johnny damon going way back to him um of just being the same guy every day and whether you're going through struggles or your successes your top step and you're 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 picking your teammates up up as they come off the field um you're there to listen to, for to guys when when they need to talk and um just that Mentality of you, you're the best out man for the job right now. I, I think I, I learned a lot from from Shields on that that aspect. Um, the way him and David Price were able to compete on the mound was something that was very eye-opening to me as a young young pitcher in the big league. So uh, I've had a lot of great teammates, a lot of great friends that I've been able to pick up certain things from. It's
0: hard to believe it's your 12th year in the organization. What's been your best moment
4: with this group? Oh, um, man, you know, there's been, I guess we're sitting here in, in Cleveland right now. So it's hard not to think about that moment, you know, of, um, just the stretch we went on at the end of 2013, uh, needing to win every single game and then getting finally down into, into Toronto and having to win one, one of the three games and we just weren't winning the game. And then we finally did pull through and just sitting in that clubhouse watching the other games going on to determine where we're going to fly to next, you know. And we ended up flying to Texas, watching David do what he did, um, knowing in the back of my mind if we won this game, I've got the Cleveland um, one-game wild card. You know, my, my heart was in my throat, I think, the whole the whole uh, night. And then we ended up winning. And I remember us celebrating in the, in the clubhouse, and I just walked to the back of the training room and just sat by myself um, thinking about – what i had in store for me the next few days so um then you know game time coming and the this place just rocking and and being able to go out there um and us winning the ball game was you know probably the moment that sticks out to me the most you've grown so much over the years how much has now
0: you got married this awesome married life changed you if at all i mean you've been with kelly for a while
4: yeah it changed me a lot um I, i didn't think it would uh, i had been with her uh, since 2010, and, you know, it's just part of everyday life being together. Uh, you take it for granted sometimes. And then um, I think the day I said I do, and seeing her walking down the aisle, um, and seeing her mom, how she reacted when, you know, the whole event was going on, and her giving her to me, it just was like wow i i'm responsible for for this person now like she's mine um and you know it it, it's definitely changed um my outlook in life and even on the baseball field you know there's there's games where i'll come out and i'm very displeased with the way things unfolded it might have been a good night overall but certain little things that i didn't like and you know i'll come home and or give her a call on the phone, and, and she was just had so much fun watching the game or enjoyed seeing me back on the mound, and, it, you know, I, I, I just, I'm on the phone, and I'm, I'm thinking that's what it's all about. You know, it's, my family's having fun watching, watching the game, and um, it definitely puts a different perspective of it. Where has she helped you the most? Off the field. I mean, <laughs> I can't explain what she's done for me um, going through what i went through last year with rehab i mean went on every trip with me um in the back of my mind wondering if i'll ever regain form again and she's still helping with that um and her just being there and and saying you know in in life it really doesn't matter you know it's we we, we're happy you know if if you are the best pitcher in the big leagues or you are unable to do it anymore we're going to live a good life and Um, when you simplify things like that and she just looks at you and, you know, after not being able to get outs in high A, um, and she just says, um, life's good. You know, it's, we're going to be okay. Um, it's, it just, it it makes you relax. Your family includes two
0: dogs, Oscar and Axel. Is Axel at all jealous of the fact that Oscar was honored
4: by (laughs) MLB.com? Um... I think I think he was a little bit jealous about that, just um, because he's you know the first child of the group, and this guy came in off the street and just kind of stole the spotlight. But um, it's it's been great for for us to have him. He's, he, Oscar brings a certain amount of energy that, Os- that Axel lacks. <laughs> Axel's an American bulldog, about ninety pounds, that just lays around and eats and sleeps all day. So um, Oscar's a little. Uh, mutt that has got mostly terrier in him that just wreaks havoc in our life every day and and keeps us on our toes starting about 8am when he jumps on the bed.
0: It's nice to hear the joy when you talk about them and I know the joy you have in your family overall, your brother RJ and you know you're an uncle a couple times.
4: Did you get to see them when uh, you were up in Boston at all? The first trip I did. Um, the second one, my brother uh, f- just finished his uh, time in the military uh, in the army. He He's, he's out now and he's joined on with the um, Concord Police Force up in New Hampshire, and he's now going through um, the police academy and dealing with that. And his wife's getting back into the work um, force as well. So they weren't able to make it down this past weekend. Uh, they're pretty busy on their own, but um, you know couldn't be more proud of, of that family and and what what they've done for for our country, him and his wife, and now, um, taking, taking his works into, um, law and order and, and trying to help his community out. So, um, my brother's, uh, a big time, uh, inspiration to me and the way he is as a man and, uh, how selfless he is, um, and, and seeing him be a father and how he's, Passing that on to his his children It's going to be a, a fun um, fun fun time for me to to see and, and watch those kids grow. Do, you,
0: do the holidays because we're coming up on Memorial Day mean more to you? Do you think because of all that? Um,
4: yes, uh, it it gives me you know throughout my day I don't you know think as much into what you know the service men and women really put on the line for us um when you come across a memorial day or a fourth of july holiday um if you really stop and think about the fact that people have given their life for us to to enjoy everyday life and and go do whatever we want to do and to protect those freedoms i mean when when those days do come around and i think um what they have done and i think that my brother Put out that same, you know, opportunity to give his life and and gave up a lot of time with his family and a lot of time with, with his newborn um, kid uh, here in the states and went overseas to to, to do all that. It's just. You you can't wrap your head around that perspective or that mindset that that people give that up for us. And, you know, we we don't appreciate it every day. And that doesn't, they don't care about that. They go out there for for other reasons.
0: No doubt. And, you know, that freedom kind of extends to what you're able to do going forward. And I asked you this in spring training. So I want to wrap up the same way. How much more thought have you given to what's to come for you with your freedom as a baseball player and the chance to pursue free agency for the first time?
4: It's bittersweet you know we um I think from the day you get into the big leagues you're you're explained you're you kind of learn on the on the run of of the way this business side of things work and um it just seems like such a far off um uh, unrealistic goal to get to that you have to spend six plus years in the big leagues to to obtain this opportunity to go and um be a free agent and really, for the first time in your career, career, dictate what's going to happen in your life um, rather than being told what to happen. Um, but somewhere along those six-plus years, you, you form a family uh, in the organization and um, a comfort level that, that you, you know you, you won't obtain anywhere else for a long time. So, um, you know, one, one part of me is, is um, you know, excited that I've gotten to this point uh, in my career and the other part's going to be uh, very difficult to, to handle just because I've, um, I've, I've formed a family here, and um, it's all I've known, and, and, and I've come to just, you know, grew, grew up in Florida, and i am made my, my living here in St. Pete for the last, uh, you know, six years, seven years. Um, it's going to be definitely a weird chapter in my life. Let's enjoy this chapter the
0: rest of the way. Hopefully there's something like 2013 that makes it a real happy ending. We certainly appreciate some time on This Week in Race Baseball.
4: Absolutely. My, my pleasure, Neil. Always. We'll continue right after
0: this. You're listening to the Race Baseball Network. We continue on This Week in Race Baseball. Doug Wector of Fox Sports Sun joins me to talk about the week gone by and, boy, what a difference a week makes. The Rays now have won four straight, six out of eight, They're above five hundred. What's the big difference that you see?
1: Well, not only just winning, first of all, Neil, you're talking about a good caliber of teams are playing, too, in Boston and Cleveland and now in the Yankees. Um, You know, I see a lot of patience at the plate. These guys aren't looking for balls outside of the zone. They're not stretching the strike zone too much. And uh, they're really being patient. They're trying to get into good counts and leading the way is Corey Dickerson, obviously, Uh, big night last night. You know, he's taking a totally different approach now this year as opposed to last year. Last year he's going in. Almost trying to force the ball out of the park. This year, he's coming back. He's just trying to put the ball in play, hit it hard, and really good things are happening. You got guys like Longoria. A couple nights ago, having a four-hit night, and then last night having a big RBI. Um, so really, to me, it's patience at the plate and some big pitching at certain times. You know, our pitching could be a little bit better at at times, obviously, but um, you know they they're getting the job done still. They're doing enough to get the wins,
0: and uh, our offense is carrying us right now. No doubt. I mean, you're talking about, what, six straight games where the team has scored at least five runs. I mean... For any club, when you're scoring five runs a game, you're going to win more often than not.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that's not a typical Rays team, honestly. I mean, you look back years past; it's always been one-run games, and typically it's a two-to-three ball game, one-to-two ball game. And now we're scoring, we're putting up five runs uh, per game. And you know, you talk to any starter or reliever on our team, and they're going to be loving it. You know, um, I don't know how long that pace will stay, uh, but we got to capitalize while we can. And uh, you know, with Archer on the mound today, it uh, it's looking really good for us to
0: hopefully take this sweep. In fact, you take a look at the wins in five of the last six. The only game they lost is the game Chris pitched because he gave up seven runs, very uncharacteristic. And, and more so the fact that he walked six, which was his career high. Yeah, I think if, you, if you're if you keying into today, I
1: would focus on his fastball command. I think his fastball command will be uh, ironed out today. You know, Chris right now, he's good enough with his mechanics and his delivery where he knows how to make an adjustment. Uh, and he typically doesn't take two bad starts in a row. So he'll learn from his last start in Cleveland. Uh, and that start really was the fastball command. His command was off, and that's why he got hit around a little bit. But if you look to today, I guarantee he's going to go out there. He's going to have his fastball command. And off that fastball command is going to come his secondary pitches, his slider, a devastating pitch. And when he's setting it up right, it's pretty much unhittable or as unhittable as you can get in the major league level. And he's also got that changeup that he can mix in at any time. So, really, he's he's a great pitcher with great stuff. If he's in the
0: zone, should have uh, good things happen. I would say encouraging on the pitching side, though, what started this series. Erasmo Ramirez kicking things off five and a third and 65 pitches. That's really hard to do when you consider he hadn't started in a month.
1: Well, you just said it. So Erasmo, who hasn't started in literally four weeks, goes out there against the hottest team in baseball and one of the best offenses in baseball and really shuts them down. Uh, going into that game, you don't know what you're going to get. When you got a guy who goes from the bullpen to the starting role to the back to the bullpen and he kind of flip-flops, it's really tough to judge how long he's going to be stretched out. For him having to give us – Good five innings and setting up this entire series really with the way he threw uh, on Friday night. It it was a plus plus performance from him, and uh, he he was just locked in. He was throwing strikes, a lot of strikes, uh, over 70% strikes actually, and they were just mishitting the ball a lot. So, really, a great job by him setting the tone early in this series, and he's one of the big reasons that we got the first two wins, and hopefully, we're going to get a third today.
0: And you look at the way the Rays played on their last road trip, the guy who set up and finished the trip was a guy who also was throwing strikes. different right now we just heard from him on the program alex cobb yeah alex cobb look you know he's been through
1: a lot in his career coming off of an injury but the one thing that's always been the same for alex cobb is his mentality He is a bulldog when he goes out on the mound, and whether he has all of his pitches or he just has his fastball at times or his curveball at times or maybe even at changeup, he's had to adjust a lot coming off of the injury. But no matter what, you know he's going to be a competitor. He's going to go out there, and he knows how to get the job done, however it is. And uh, really, he's encouraging to see, um, inspiring to watch, and for him to be on this rotation and uh, contributing the way he's doing, it's really a good thing for the Rays, and hopefully he can do it for a long haul for the rest of the season. Speaking of competitors –
0: I kind of like the way this team is kind of Playing for one another. Yeah. You saw that yesterday with Andrees hitting Aaron Judge and did things the right way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think you need to check that ball after hitting Judge. I mean, the seams might have popped out from hitting that guy in the side. Uh, I don't even know if he felt it. It was probably over a 90 mile an hour fastball, and that guy's so strong, you know, <laughs> who knows. But um, I loved it, and uh, it's really, it's nothing, there's no malice, no no bad intent. It's just the way the game is played. And because of what Andrees did yesterday, sticking up for his team and pretty much sending a message back to the Yankees, uh, there's going to be no carryover. You're not going to see something coming into today. Uh, there's not going to be sloppy things or bad blood in between the teams. They both know what happened. Uh, both teams will get over it, and Andrees really just uh, nipped it where he should have. He did the job and um, really a good job of sticking up for his team, and I guarantee you he's got a lot of respect in that clubhouse.
0: Well, looking forward to the upcoming game today. Doug, thanks for a few
1: minutes. Always, Neil.
0: This Doug Wechter of Fox Sports Sun. Let's pause right now for station identification on the Rays Baseball Network.
1: Is Tampa Bay Sports Radio. This one's on its way. Take 620 WDAE, St. Petersburg, and 95.3 FM. Hole of the Rays.
0: Neil Solon's with you on this week in Race baseball. Time now to take a look at things on the minor league side. And joining us from the Bowling Green Hot Rods, their manager, Ronaldo Ruiz. Ronaldo, thanks for joining us.
3: Thank you for having me. You
0: have such a very young club, and I heard so many good things coming out of spring training in terms of the talent. But I would assume that probably one of the most important things is to be patient because a lot of these kids are much younger than, let's say, league average, right?
3: Yeah, that's 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 correct. Uh, our players are really young. We have a lot of guys, uh, uh, you know, eighteen years old, nineteen years old, and we're facing guys, uh, you know, with uh, more experience in this league and. Uh, yeah, we have to have patience, but uh, the talent is there. They've been playing really hard all the games that we've uh, uh, been playing are really close, and, and, and they're doing a really good job.
0: Now, one of the kids who, let's say, is maybe closer to league average age has probably been one of your best performance uh, performers. It's Nate Lowe, whose brother was the first-round pick of the Rays last year. What has impressed you about Nate and the way he's gone about his business?
3: He's, uh, uh, you know, offensively, he's a really good hitter. I mean, he's very patient. He has an um, uh, uh, good knowledge of uh, the strike zone, and it's impressive the way he, uh, you know, his approach, the way he keeps up his approach every at bat, and, and he's doing a really good job for us. He's uh, he's uh, hitting a, in a cleanup spot, and he's doing a really good job, especially with the young players that we have, and he's uh, the stability in our lineup.
0: It's fairly unique in a minor league system to have an older brother with a younger brother. How much do you think he's helped being around Josh? I know Josh has had an adjustment not only in terms of facing this higher level of pitching, but he also is learning a new position. He's gone to center field.
3: Yeah, it's, it's huge because, uh, you know, when you have your, your older brother, you know, there every day, every every game, you know, you have the support of the family. And also, you know, uh, with uh, Nate Lowe, you know, swinging the bat that well, having success in this league, and he's kind of helping his brother, uh, which is, uh, he's, he's coming around, he's swinging the bat much better, and also in the outfield, doing a really good job, and I think he's, uh, you know, he, he feels comfortable, I mean, confident right now. I think he's gonna be all right, and, and, and have, you know, have his brother with him is gonna be a big help, especially, uh, in, in those tough moments.
0: I would think that this is the kind of team where you would expect to see a lot of growth in the second half, as compared to to the first, when they adjust to the league. Would that be fair?
3: Yeah, that's fair. I think he's uh, uh, right now. Like I said, we've been we've been battle every game. We uh, we not you know uh, winning many games, but uh, all the games that we're losing is uh, you know one one run game and, and things like that. And when you face uh, uh, you know other teams, it's is experience is the lack of experience where. Uh, we have having problems right now. But I think in the second half, we're going to be much better. Uh, the, uh, our guys are, are learning every game, every night. So uh, I think in the second half, we're going to shoot for uh, uh, to have a better a better uh, second half.
0: Let's touch on some of the younger kids that you're playing. Uh, on the left side of the infield, Lucius Fox came over from the Giants in the Matt Moore trade. I heard so much about his abilities. What have you learned about him so far?
3: Well, he's, uh, he's uh, again, a young player. He's uh uh, he didn't play much last year, and this year started to uh, start off a little slow, but now you know he started hitting uh, and, 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 uh, hitting ninth in the lineup and now he's leading enough because he's been you know uh, making a lot of strides a lot of improvement offensively and defensively his throwing you know he's sometimes off and on but uh you can see the ability and the and, and the athleticism is working right now. I think he's going to be all right he's uh, he's got great hands and also he's uh, the about much better and uh, I think he's a great uh, leadoff guy.
0: Adrian Rondon plays next to him on the left side. You know, he made great strides last year in Princeton. Princeton's a very big jump to go from there to Bowling Green. What's been the hardest part for him, do you think?
3: Well, I think, uh, you know, he's 18 years old and playing in a hot corner, and uh, it's not easy in In this league. We're facing again. uh, We're facing uh, all the guys, all the players with more experience. And and, I think offensively, I think, you know, he's not used to see many uh, off the pitches and fastball counts, you know, and he's mm-hmm. kind of adjusting and, and, and adjusting to the league. And But, uh, I mean, he got great hands, uh, not only uh, uh, defensively, offensively too. I think he's going to be all right. Again, he's 18 years old. He's adjusting to the league, but I think he's, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's not not overwhelmed by, by the league, so he's going to be fine.
0: Of all the young kids that you have, you know, we mentioned Josh Lowe is in the outfield. It looks like the best numbers have been put up among the young players, by Jesus Sanchez, um, how talented is he, and where are his strengths? Wow,
3: he's, he's an impressive kid. I mean, he, he's, a, he's a really good hitter. Um, he's hitting second, uh, second in the lineup, and I think he's uh, benefiting a lot from, from you know hitting second because he's seeing a lot of fastball. And he's a fastball hitter. And uh, I mean, he, he his bat speed is off the charts. I mean, he's he's impressive the way he swings the bat, and he's only nineteen years old. And uh, he's, uh, he, he has more RBIs in our team, and, and it's impressive in that age, especially facing, uh, you know, guys uh, more with, with more experience, pitcher with more experience, and he's, uh, what he's done is, is impressive. I think he uh, right now he's, uh, he's the one who's more advanced, uh, obviously, offensively among the, the young players, but uh, the talent that, that he has is impressive.
0: You've also had a couple of pitchers impressed too, J.D. Busfield, um, is a guy who i guess was drafted last year what have you liked about him
3: well he's he 's composure he i mean he 's uh very um, you know he, his command is really good he he has command on every pitch and fastball change the curveball. and he impresses the way he he, he goes about his business he 's a hard worker and also uh, you know he makes speeches really well and i think he's uh, uh he 's going to be all right i mean he's he 's a really good pitcher and and, and i think he 's very uh Very smart for his age and and, and for the league, he's he's doing a really good job.
0: And another kid who I know has put up uh, good numbers, um, especially recently, Ethan Clark.
3: Yeah, he's been uh, since we got him. He's uh, been helping us. Uh, He he was in the bullpen. He came in uh, as a long reliever. Did a good job. Now he's starting for us. And yesterday he gave us six six, uh, good innings. And and he's he's another kid that uh, has a good, really uh, a good fastball. He throws 94, 90. 95, and, and also had the good uh, off pitches, and was really well, really good, and, and, and I think he's going to be alright, too.
0: You know, one kid we didn't touch on, he managed helps manage the pitching staff, and he also moved up from Princeton. What have you thought of Rene Pinto? Because I heard great things about his talent level.
3: Yeah, Rene Pinto is, a, uh, you know, he's a really young player, again, and, and, and very talented. he got a lot of tools, and, and he's doing a really good job on the play. He's learning, he's a, uh, um, again, uh, adjusting to the league, and uh, he, he's a nice, he's a great, uh, uh, you know, very coachable kid, and, and and he got the tools. He can hit, he can throw, he can block. He's he's uh again learning, and I uh, think all the abilities are there, and I think he's going to be much better in the second half. Already, he's showing uh, a lot of improvement behind the playing calling game, especially when you face uh, uh guys with more experience. He's learning, and I think he's going to be all right.
0: Ronaldo, good stuff. We appreciate a few minutes, and uh, we'll be talking to you again soon.
3: Thank you. Thank you for having
0: me now. That is Ronaldo Ruiz of the Bowling Green Hot Rods coming up here from Ryan Stanek on his first week in the majors, plus Evan Longoria on helping your kid with summer reading right after this on the Race Baseball Network. Welcome back. Neil Solon's with you on this week in Race Baseball. This week saw another major league debut with former first-round pick Ryan Stanek joining the Tampa Bay Bullpen. I asked Ryan to put into words what this week has been
2: like. It's been incredible, and it's just uh it's everything that like I've worked for my entire life, so it's been it's been really exciting. Um, just a lot of uh, I guess adrenaline pretty much every day. Just like it's, it's a lot of a lot of new things, a lot of uh, changes from what I've been used to in baseball. So it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's been cool being around the guys and the team's been playing really well, so it's made it even better. When Jared Sandberg brought you in, how did you do it? Did you do anything unique to let you know you were going to the big leagues for the first time? Um. Actually, I was sitting in my locker, and our pitching coach came by and was like, "Hey, can I, can I talk to you for a second? I was like, "Okay, yeah, sure." Just assuming it was just going to be like a chat about like some hitters or whatever we were like that day, and he ended up going into Jared's office, and I was like, All right, "That's kind of weird." And then they shut the doors, and then he like Jared just kind of looked at me and told me, and I was like, "It was it was pretty cool."
0: Were you surprised because you had been pitching probably as well as you have since moving into this
2: relief role? I mean, yeah, I, yes. Like, like I wasn't. I like I had uh, seen that uh, option, Snell's, but like, I definitely didn't think that had anything to do with me, just because he was obviously a starter. So, it was one of those things where I was definitely not expecting to be called up at that time, and it was just luckily it was my name. <laughs>
0: Who got the first call,
2: uh, and what was that like? I called my mom first, and I had to like I called her real quick, and she uh, she got pretty emotional, and I was like, all right. I got to hang up. I got to call dad and she's like don't tell your dad. I called you first. So uh, yeah, I was like all right. So I called him like right afterwards and it was pretty it was like pretty exciting.
0: How about being on a mound and having them see you pitch in a major league game? I know they didn't get to go to Boston. They went to Cleveland.
2: Yeah, yeah, they get to they get to see the the whole series in Cleveland and uh, my grandparents were there and I had an aunt and uncle there too. So it was uh, it was definitely a cool experience for me because it's just like like the like the peak of what, what, what you're trying to accomplish like while you're working and then having a, the chance to like share that with them was was awesome when you originally were told you're going to the bullpen mm-hmm. after being
0: a starter how did you embrace that and did you think something could happen this fast for you really
2: a year later i mean at first i wasn't like all like I wasn't all about it just because like I was a starter and like it was what it was like just I guess kind of like maybe like an ego boost or blow or something like that where you're just like man that's 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 unfortunate but then I was upset for maybe 10 minutes and I was like well if this this is what they think is going to be my my best way then I'm all for it and then I guess kind of the rest (laughs) is history I've just had to learn a lot like it just kind of changed like what I did every day so it it was definitely a, a good experience.
0: What's been the hardest part about the change for you?
2: Um just knowing what to do every day to get your body ready and your mind ready to pitch every day as opposed to every fifth day. It it's, it's it was a big big adjustment period for like the first first month definitely because I didn't I didn't really know anything about how to, how to throw in the bullpen. So it was it was still good. It was it was a good. It was a good thing for me though.
0: And what do you remember about the first couple outings either in Boston or Cleveland that will stick with you?
2: Um just trying to slow everything down a little bit. Like I could tell like my my first outing in Boston, it was just a lot of energy. So I was like, all right, just try to rein that in a little bit. And then yeah, just to just kind of try to slow everything down, not not make the game too fast
0: on his first week in the major leagues, and let's hope the game continues to slow down for the hard-throwing Stanek as he gets more comfortable at the big league level and has more great moments to come. Now, this week for many is the start of summer as school lets out. That's why Reading with a Rays kicked off today with Evan Longoria, again, the spokesman in what is the 10th year of the program, which is sponsored by Suncoast Credit Union. And I asked Evan why this program is so important to him.
5: I think the importance of reading is, is uh, not that it's understated, I think everybody... Um you know, education is, uh, um, you know, f- front and center with a lot of, um, the, the things that the, the, the Rays, um, uh, baseball foundation does and, and, um, kind of just bringing education, uh, into the community and, and, placing the importance on it. So I always want to be a part of that. And, and, uh, you know, I always say, um, uh, because I have my own kids and, and I place an importance on reading, uh, with them and, and to them and, um, and so I think it uh, it definitely plays into the message that uh, that I try to give my kids at home and, and being a part of this, um, you know, with the race.
0: How close is L to reading to you, and what will that mean when you get to that point, even um, if it's a small book?
5: I hope she's. I hope. I. I. I mean, I love my kids at the ages that they are. You know, I love reading to them and um, and uh, you know enjoying the books that they pick out. But she's she's probably a year or two away from reading on her own, which is uh, is pretty cool. I mean, she's. Uh, She's fun to be around at this point, point. They, they really like picking the books and, and learning about new things, so it's, uh, it's very enjoyable for me.
0: What do you enjoy reading most? I heard Dr. Seuss is still high on the list.
5: Yeah, Dr. Seuss is up there. I mean, we try to pick books that... Um that have good pictures, you know, but, um, we, we, uh, we definitely, uh, are, are stepping up the word count, you know, in the beginning it's, you know, a sentence or two a page and now, you know, we're up to probably, uh, five or six sentences a page with, uh, with some cool pictures still, so, uh, whatever they're interested in, whether it's, um, you know, it's a lot of, uh, sea life, sea animals, dinosaurs, um, of course, baseball and sports, um, you know, all of the Disney, the Disney characters, uh, you know, it's, now it's Moana and trolls and, um... What's the other one? Frozen's big too. So, whatever we can get our hands on, whatever they pick out, I enjoy reading.
0: And the impact that you're having on kids in the summer—what does that mean to
5: you? It's 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 cool. I mean, the program has grown. Um, I mean, you know, the Rays—I'm sure—can give you the numbers in terms of how how many people we've had actually cash in their you know their their game cards and and uh read all the way around the bases or just to to certain bases but um i know that it's grown i know that um the impact in the community has um been more and more every year that i've done it and that's you know part of the reason too why i keep coming back and doing it is um i i see the growth and i see the importance that um me being well whether it's me or you know Anybody within the Rays, I think that uh, the, the the influence that the player, all the players, having here on the uh, on the youth is uh, it just can't be understated. And so that's um, it's something that I've chosen to do, and, and um, I've seen the impact, and I enjoy doing it.
0: That is Evan Longoria. Learn more about Reading with the Rays at RaysBaseball.com/Reading. Now time to turn back to play on the field. Now, when the Rays were in Cleveland, I sat down with Anthony Castrovince of MLB.com and MLB Network and asked him why the defending American League champion Indians are off to a near 500 start.
6: Well, a couple of reasons. One, I do think the World Series, you know, October, in this case November hangover, you know, some of that has been real. Corey Kluber's had a back issue after throwing about 250 innings last season. Um, you know, Josh Tomlin and Trevor Bauer both had career-high workloads last year and had rough Aprils. So the rotation numbers overall just aren't uh, the strength of this club like you expect or hope for. Um, and then also the lineup, just it, it hasn't been as productive as expected. There was expected that uh, Edwin Encarnacion would provide this, this huge boost to what was already a really strong lineup, second in the American League in runs last year. Um, but he's had a, a, a terrible start by his standards. Um, he's striking out
0: more than we're accustomed to seeing from him. So that, that's been a big part of it as well. And, you know, you mentioned the injury to Kluber to start. How concerned are the Indians with him? I mean, they already lost some of their depth with the season-ending injury to Cody Anderson in terms of the rotation. Yeah, they don't seem overly concerned in terms of being a long
6: term thing. And in fact, you know, this might be one of those things that you look back and say maybe that was a blessing in disguise just because, again, to, to throw 250 innings at this level uh, to, you know, pitch on three days rest three times in the postseason, uh, that's a lot to come back from the next year. And there might be something to be said for, for missing a couple starts along the way. Um, obviously, things are pretty tight in the Central right now. I, I think it still profiles as a very winnable division for the Indians in the long haul. Um, and, and again, it might be one of those things where you look back in the second half and say, this was a good thing for him in fact
0: nobody's run away with it to this point i don't know that anyone expects anyone will if it's not the indians correct It's
6: hard to see that. You know, uh, the the Tigers have a lot of star power, of course, but they consistently have bullpen (laughs) issues back there, and it's just hard to go on a real sustained run when when you have that. Um, The the Twins have played very well in the early going, but I think we're all curious about the sustainability of that with their pitching staff Um, has made great strides this season, and, and, you know, is that going to hold together? Um, You know, the Royals, what's interesting with the Royals is their offense has obviously been very bad uh, in the early going, played better of late. Um, but but the thing with the Royals is, if we get to midseason, they're going to have a lot of tough decisions on their plate whether to start selling some pieces. And the White Sox have already started that process and, and probably will continue it as far as uh, uh, you know unloading some pieces. So it's hard to label them
0: a uh, you know a contender. You almost you know, can look at the rest of the division other than Cleveland and say there are four teams really in transition. I mean, this is Kansas City is either make or break. Do they rebuild? Do they do they try and find a way to keep this the band together for a year? Is Detroit? Is this their last year with some of the big contracts they have? And Minnesota's rebuilding. And Chicago, as you mentioned,
6: yeah, I, I think that the earnest effort to contend is going to be really interesting. You know, even after this year, because you're right, I, it, it's easy to see the Tigers and the Royals taking a competitive step back. Um, the Twins are interesting. A lot of good young talent on that club, and, and you know, they, they could be a contender, a true contender before long. But they obviously, um, you know, long term have some issues to address with their pitching staff. But um, but yeah, as far as 2017 is concerned, it, it, this is. A division that, that seemed probably the easiest to forecast. Now, you know, having said that, things do happen, and and the Indians' early offensive struggles. Maybe that becomes a season-long trend. Who knows? Um, but it, it would certainly seem to me that their best days are ahead of them as far as uh, really taking ownership of this division.
0: The Rays are going to see Minnesota, and you mentioned the improvements they've made from a year ago. How much of it? Because I know you did a column on this for for MLB.com. Is is about the fact that they're using data and they're using more analysis and analytics more than they ever have.
6: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like where the Rays were 10 years ago is where the Twins are just getting. Um, And Not to put anybody down, but yeah, they were kind of in the Stone Age when it comes to the statistics. And um, again, players have to execute. We all know that. But um, to to, to not be armed with information in today's game is to really be behind the eight ball. And they brought in Derek Falvey from uh, here in Cleveland. Uh, And and he was so good about, you know, really getting advanced information and and relaying it, making it relatable to players and coaches and making it usable, uh, or as he calls it, actionable. Um, And and that's what he's done in Minnesota. So where their reports previously were just, all right, what is this hitter doing the last 10 days? Now it's, okay, this specific form of breaking ball works against this specific hitter in this zone because, you know, he really struggles here. Um, It's much more, more, uh, you know, intricate. So... Um, I, I do think that's made a difference for them. They they feel it's made a difference from them. Um, you know, you look at their starters' ERA going into the week was the fifth best in the American League versus worst in baseball last year. And, and again, how much is it going is that gonna hold true over the course of the season? You know, is Irvin Santana gonna have a 1.5 ERA all year? No. But uh, it's certainly, they're, they're better armed, you know, no pun intended, but they're just better armed with information than they were before.
0: They're armed with information, but the question is are they going to be armed enough with their pitching staff right. over the long haul? And, you know, whether it's Irvin Santana or whether it's someone else, do they have a piece that maybe they move at some point in the year that allows them to get better in the long term? Because they have the, the young position players. It could
6: make sense. Uh, and there's different front office, but Santana was on waivers last August and nobody claimed him. Um, probably wish they had at this point, the way he started the season. But, uh, yeah, they do have some some interesting pieces there that, that they could utilize, uh, you know, be it Santana or Hector Santiago. Um, we'll see. I mean, Brian Dozier was, of course, a, a major trade candidate in the winter, and, and things didn't come to pass there. But I think the front office there recognizes that while they didn't make any sweeping changes in the offseason, really the only change they made was basically to bring in Jason Castro as their catcher. Um, I, I think they recognize that there is a, a transitory state with this club, um, that, that that should
0: probably be addressed in the trade market we're talking with Anthony Castrovin's of course of mlb.com and mlb network and you know i'm curious your take on the american league as a whole because you look at the west and really houston is kind of dominating although texas is playing better uh, the East looks to be the most balanced division at this point, but the Yankees are missing Chapman here this weekend as the Rays face New York, and uh, the Orioles are without Zach Britton for a while, so is it a battle of attrition? Who do you like in that division right now?
6: I, I guess the East always comes down to a battle of attrition, because you have so many good teams beating up on each other, and the, you know, the Blue Jays are even playing better uh, after a, a miserable April for them, so... Um, you know, the East was one of the harder divisions to predict. I I know Boston was certainly the favorite coming in, but, you know, they've had their injury issues and and that club just hasn't come together quite as as expected. Um, you, You never rule out Baltimore. Obviously, you know, the Yankees have, have really made dramatic stride this season. We'll see if that sustains with their pitching staff. But I guess I'd still lean towards Boston in a long frame. You know, they're going to get healthier with David Price. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's a fascinating division. It always is. And, um, you know, some great battles within
0: it. To me, the big questions with their club, and we'll get back to Cleveland in a second, are third base because whether it's Pablo Sandoval or someone else they haven't got production and setting up Craig Kimbrell. He's the most dominant reliever right now in the game. But getting to him is an issue.
6: Yeah, uh, and you know they, they made the trade for Tyler Thornburg, and, and he's been a non-factor because he's been hurt since spring training. Um, so so that's one where Dave Nebraski's had trouble with bullpens in the past, and, and maybe this is the the case again. But um, and, and third base is going to be interesting. Uh, Raphael Devers is their is their number one or one of their top prospects, and he could be a factor for them. I think he's twenty years old or something, but um, you know he could be a factor for them this season if, if they decide to to go that route. But um, but, you know, the the big question there, uh, we know Dombrowski likes to deal. He might have holes to address midseason, but how many times can they keep raiding the farm
0: system to, to improve the major league club? I still look at this Cleveland ball club as the team to beat in the American League because, A, they've got the best bullpen, arguably, in baseball. And, and right now, statistically, they're at the top. The only question I have is still about their outfield. Even with Michael Brantley coming back this year, do they have a top-notch outfield, and do they need one to be able to be the best team in the American League and, and win the pennant again?
6: Yeah, it, it's certainly interesting. I mean, Brantley is coming back from two shoulder surgeries, so they still protect him against some tough lefties. And it's early in the year still, so we'll see you know where that leads. But um, to not really have a, a true everyday outfielder is an interesting arrangement for a club that's supposed to be one of the best in the league. Um, you know, Lonnie Chisenhall is playing center field right now. They're they're really trying to make that work. Um you know, with Austin Jackson on the on the shelf, and um, it's just not a situation where they have everyday guys in every spot. I mean, if you don't like the outfield tonight, come back tomorrow. You might see a totally different arrangement. But um, So it's it's something that I, I could see them addressing at the trade deadline. You know, they were very aggressive with the Andrew Miller trade last year. They still have some nice pieces in the farm system. Obviously, they had the Jonathan Lucroy trade last year that didn't work out. They still have those pieces. Um, but this is very much a, a win-now, World Series, or bust kind of mentality here. So it wouldn't be a surprise to me um, if the outfield is something they might have to address midseason.
0: And as we saw with Kansas City, the window can be very short for for a team that is not at the top in terms of revenue.
6: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they have a center fielder, Lorenzo Cain, who would look pretty good in that Indians outfield if he could pull off one of those rare intra-division trades. But, yeah, um, it, you know, tomorrow's not promised to anybody in baseball. The Mets are another great example. You know, they were kind of the formula for the Indians going in 2016 Well, hey, there's a club that was built around its pitching and, you know, made it to the World Series in 2015, but you see how, you know, how quickly that, that strength can erode just physically. Um, so, yeah, so the Indians know this is their time.
0: That is one Anthony Castrovins of MLB.com and MLB Network. Hey, the Rays 7-Eleven and the YMCA are teaming up to keep kids water smart from the start. The Y offers a variety of water safety programs that teach swimming and fundamental skills for children and adults. For more information, all you have to do is visit YMCA, TampaBay.org. Special thanks to Anthony Castrovins for joining us on the show and all of our guests on the program today, including Rays pitcher Alex Cobb, Doug Wechter of Fox Sports Sun, Ronaldo Ruiz, manager of the Bowling Green Hot Rods, the Rays single-A affiliate, as well as relief pitcher Ryan Stanek. We touched on his first week in the big leagues, and Evan Longoria on the special Reading with the Rays program. If you ever have something you'd like to hear on the show, all you have to do is tweet me, at Neil Solons. Next week on the program, we're going to chat with, among others, Jesus Sucre about his... First, did with the Rays organization. For my producer, Len Martez, Neil Solon says, Stay tuned. The pregame show is coming up. Rays are trying to sweep the Yankees and make it a season best. Five straight wins. The pregame show is coming up. You're listening to the Rays Baseball Network.